Hey, what's up? It's Alex Morgan. And for me, the start of the new year is all about commitments, setting your intentions, restarting your routine, and committing to you from day one. Until March 31st, buy any Body Armor products at your local Walmart. And Body Armor will give you 50% cash back via a Walmart e-gift card put towards your fitness journey. Visit www.bacommittofit.com backslash WM for rules. Body Armor Light, the low-calorie, zero-sugar-added sports drink. One of the most politically divisive eras in American history, Thread for Pearls, is a coming-of-age tale that takes the reader on a wild ride as they experience for themselves what it was like to be a child of the 60s and 70s. I was born in the mid-70s, but I wanted to be a wild child of the 60s and 70s. You were wild enough. I think I reincarnated. You I don't did, know. You did good. Uh, but we're very happy to have author and filmmaker Lauren Spieth join us on Big Blend Radio today to talk about her debut novel. It's one that shares a message of resilient hope and post-traumatic growth. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I know Nancy you've talked a lot about the book uh, already on the show before we bringing bringing her on, but... Um, you telling me about the book and reading about it, um, I think that this is already a book that um, I think everyone can identify in times of what we're going through now in, in this country and around the world. Um, everyone, the website is threadforpearls.com. You can also keep up with Lauren if you go to Twitter and Facebook and just type in Lauren Spieth and you'll find her. Welcome, Lauren. How are you? I am fine, and thank you so much for having me and for that beautiful introduction. I just I feel like not even saying anything, just letting you two talk about me. I know Nancy just started at the beginning of the show, and she's like, "Okay, she's you know book report coming up," but uh, she really enjoyed it, and I think it's something interesting because it, what's what's interesting about this is, you know, she it was a child of the '60s and '70s, and I'm in the you know mid '70s, and. We've had similar backgrounds to uh, your main character of the book, and I think that this is going to resonate with many, many people uh, now, and I think that there's going to be some – do you think there's a connection between what we're going through now as a society as to what was going on in the 60s and 70s? I do think so. I, I think so mm-hmm. very much. And kids right now, uh, students right now are – are diving under their desks because of shooters instead of because of you know mm. the USSR. But we're, um, but but they're still afraid for their lives and for different reasons. People are marching in the streets for different reasons. There are um, there are parallels and people are afraid. But the idea of the book is that there has Rome's always been burning since mm-hmm. humanity's been around and yet you need to find that resilient hope you need to find a way to move forward and especially uh growing up in the 60s as i did there when there was a time where there was an idea in parenting called benign neglect uh, where you kind of had mm-hmm. to raise yourself we sort of have to raise ourselves in in these moments you know you, and so she's sort of trying to figure that out the, the protagonist and i think we all kind of are Hmm. You know, my recollection of it is, I'm gonna, just going to go back to the economy and the fact that it, you know, when when I was growing up, first my dad worked and my mom was stay-at-home mom, and then there became a time where my mom had to go to work too, 
Right. And then my dad got sick and he couldn't work. And the whole power shift shifted that changed. Right. And um, the, the, my, my thread um, for pearls, my hope rested in my grandmother who kept rescuing us over and over again. And it, it's interesting because it's hard to ascertain. You can stand next to somebody and like or not like their behavior or what they say or what they believe in, but you don't really know their history. You don't. And if you don't know their history, you don't know where they're coming from. And I feel like there's this is the second time in my lifetime in this country that people don't want to talk to each other, which is unfortunate, where... So the the idea of understanding each other's point of view just goes out the window because mm-hmm. everybody's so hot about it. And right, I, I right. Back then it was Vietnam that was so divisive, yeah. and I tried to talk a lot about that division mm. and how difficult that was for the protagonist of the book to mm-hmm. rectify because she was trying to grapple with it, two sides of her family, and and you know she even got flack from the students around her. Mm-hmm. She tried to think for herself about it. You know, it's it's mm. it's difficult to be a peacemaker in mm. these times. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, and tell us tell us about Fiona. Tell us about her. So I wanted uh, to write something, a character where we could all find a little bit of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to have, you know, a series of unfortunate events and see how she tackles them because. I I was finding I work a lot with students and I'm I'm finding a lot of um angst right now, a lot of worry, a lot of there's some suicidal mm. trends that I don't mm-hmm. like and mm-hmm. I wanted uh I thought perhaps if I wrote a story about I I asked myself how did I get through? For me I I read a lot of science fiction, but I didn't feel like writing a piece of science fiction right now. I felt mm. like writing something something about the 60s felt like it resonated. Mm. And I also, as a musician, I thought, wow, music could really speak mm-hmm. as well. It could, it could, it, there could, it could be an almost an undertone so that when you're having a song like the Beatles, it won't be long. There's all that mm. wishing and wanting and longing that just, mm. if you know the song, it just adds that much color to the book so much more easily. I, I think that what's great about it is that in, we're, we go through these cycles in history and in, mm. when you bring in the music side, and, and thank you for doing the playlist because it's just so cool. I'm gonna, we're going to have Nancy and I have our Family Friday music nights, and we watch yes. live music. And the, I love Fun. YouTube because I get to watch all these concerts that I never was around for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't born yet, <laughs> and all my favorite musicians I get to watch. I'm like, They're this is so, so cool. Much fun. Um, yeah. But so I think one night we're just going to sit and do your your playlist. Oh, that's we'll a just cool do a idea. night a night of of your playlist that's because cool. it's so cool. And I think it's true because, you know, I look at my age and I think about, you know, my mom and, and you know, obviously know her very, very well, but, all you know, family and friends that I know of all different ages, but we can resonate and, and connect over music. And right now musicians, um, you know, musicians are always going, who who did what in the past? And the 60s and 70s, they, it ain't dying it's like now. It's happening now again, and I think we're in that spin cycle of music doing that again. So, and the '80s. Um, so I think it's timely, really, on the music front with what you're well, doing. I hope, 
I hope so. I hope you're right. And I hope, you know, your idea um, maybe about our next guest uh, being interested in doing a, if this ever turns into a movie, how fascinating would that be? I know, Josh Pfeiffer, dude, cool. everyone know, I know, and he does really good videos of his music, too. <laughs> He's all into, like, the, every song is a complete story, so every, you know what I mean? It's, that's what's interesting about what he's doing, and now, with the world of singles, um, but thank you for putting Rock Lobster on your playlist, it's number two. <laughs> uh, there was, was it you who did it? I see Michael Daling, there's a, there's a there's no, playlist I, I, there. Rock Lobster is important in the story, actually, later mm. on in uh, her yeah. college days rock lobster plays a an important moment in so, oh yeah. okay so now do you listen to this playlist when you're writing i listen to you? this playlist all the time it's it's a playlist <laughs> that i i love this playlist <laughs> okay so how many stories came these? from the songs like did you go okay i'm gonna have this happen to her because this song happened or <laughs> well you know, interestingly, some of them, like Ohio, it was just that's what was going on. Ohio is a Crosby, Stills, and Nash song that has yeah, to yeah. do with the Vietnam clash, the the mm. protests. But State, uh, yeah. Right. So some of them I, I wrote in because it made sense to write, to write in. Um, mm. Some of them came to me like I needed I needed a way to start the story with a real bang so I started it with a car crash and I wanted something on the radio so I had to figure out what was what was going on at that moment in 1963 mm-hmm. 62 63 whatever year it was mm-hmm. and Skeeter Davis had a song called it the end of the world mm-hmm. why does the sun go on shining what mm-hmm. why you know, don't they know it's the end of the world and there's this breakup? It's about yeah. a breakup. Um, but it starts on one coast. It ends on another coast. Each one of those moments has a song going on to it. They both have reference to the ocean because they're both on, they're both happening right next to the ocean. One begins mm. in New York and it ends in San Francisco. And that's not that's not a spoiler alert. That's just the locations <laughs> and two songs. <laughs> I know we're but all worried. Two, I'm, I was just I'm I'm sitting here with like a thing like I'm gonna poke. I'm Nancy not going to spoil the story for you, but I will say that I was very purposeful in choosing the beginning song and the ending song and having them have a sort of a resonance or an echo in a in a weird way that that one of them would have a particular feeling that sort of sets a tone. Is this the way it is or the um the other tone of the of the of the final song oh that is that the way it is you know and i think that this is you know there it's interesting how songs can change in your life too there's like all these different memories it's it's a way to remember things you know oh for sure um yes music, yeah right. i think and there's music songs does that come on anything. that there's a song that comes on there's I I try since so many so many students that I know are suicidal at the moment. I, there's a moment where she's suicidal, and there's a song that comes on mm-hmm. the radio, on her car cassette. Mm-hmm. That's back when there were cassettes in cars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that um, is is like by mistake, that. but it isn't by mistake at all. And that song says volumes if you know the song. And if you don't, you go to my playlist and you listen to it. Man, so. everyone has to go look at your playlist, man. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got, you got. You know, there's there's songs I forgot about, and then there's songs like. And um, thank you for keeping uh, Yusuf Cat uh, Stevens on there too, because he was just so, such a huge 
I don't know, he was just such a, you know. A, yeah, he's got such a beautiful voice. Yeah, just such yeah. a, you know, a peaceful man. He mm. he was the element of peace. And yeah. um, unfortunately, sometimes people don't get that now. They don't yeah. understand. They don't um, under- well, you know, if you were back then, you have to look at things with the lens of mm. then. You can't apply the lens of now to yeah. people. Mm. In his, you have to understand the times and apply the lens of the times to those times or else it, it's, it's not Today's paradigms don't necessarily fit people who don't quite, who didn't understand those paradigms then, or, you know, it's, it, you have to be, it's unfair. You mm. know, it's sort of like you can't apply to parents back then. Our- Reach new career heights with University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business. Flexible MBA and MS options. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired, fearless, unstoppable. Advocate for those who need support and make a difference in your community. Earn a Bachelor of Social Work from Grand Canyon University. GCU is a premier private Christian university offering online social work programs with affordable tuition and personalized support. In addition, you can earn your Master of Social Work by completing the Bachelor of Social Work plus just one additional year instead of two. Find your purpose. Visit gcu.edu slash social work to learn more. Our, our parenting paradigms of today. There was an idea that made sense that that was being taught called benign neglect. Even Maria Montessori said, if a child thinks they can do it by themselves, leave them alone. So mm. some parents took it to this extreme. If a child, a child thinks they can raise themselves, well, have, let them it. have at it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's interesting. It's interesting. I and also it's funny that you say that because I have to say my parents were the exact opposite where you weren't allowed to even think for yourself most of the time. And uh, anything that you thought up was like, no, it's this way. Mm. Like, right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So it, 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 it's like total opposite. And I, so I'm reading this, I'm like, I want to. I want to like have that freedom to just do it all by myself. But you did well, because it, you, you and your it, kid, your your brothers and sisters <laughs> defied your parents and did everything on your own anyway. Well, the yeah. same like when I was in boarding school. Once I learned the system, I knew that I was in permanent detention. So that was it. I walked out of boarding school every single day. I went out and did my own thing and got away with it because once I knew the rules. I I was you like you made up okay. your own rules. You sound a lot like Fiona to me. <laughs> That's what I said. I'm like, okay, I'm reading about myself um as as Fiona and then I'm like, okay, no, I'm switching with Lisa. That's great. That's what I wanted. You know, I didn't want to write a person, a personal person. I wanted to write something you could relate to, and mm-hmm. you could go, okay, in this situation, would I be like that, or or yeah. or wouldn't I? And and can I at least relate to the situation? You know, mm. it, it, or to so one I was of like, friends. okay, if that happened to me, I would do this, and then I'm like, okay, now if that happened to Lisa, I know she already did that. Okay, <laughs> great, great. But but this is so exciting, you know, Lauren. When when you look at this, don't you think that this is something that is a converse, is conversation starter and also can bridge gaps with families, maybe understanding both sides and and different what was going on. And I think you're. We do a lot on family history on on our shows. We have you know a third family mm-hmm. a third Friday family history show, and we've learned through that that to really remember that that was what was going on at that time. So you can't really 
come out with your little picky pointy fingers and go nee 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 because that was what it was there and then and now is now and what we've right. learned now is different than what people knew back then you know right. what i mean <laughs> and so we we had we have to learn but it's true don't you think in with with your story that families can you know i want to see like a book a book group for families <laughs> wow <laughs> to communicate well i mean there's always women's book clubs and book clubs for certain genres but i would like to see like family book clubs well that's an interesting concept just to get people off of their uh electronic devices and looking at each other and talking oh, yeah. to each other instead of cell phone mm-hmm. texting each other at the t- dinner table would be an interesting thing yeah i'm I well, like we that. had strict hours of when you were allowed as a, as a child to watch television, mm. and it was oh. never while you were eating. Mm. We never it, had a television. Was, <laughs> yeah. We oh didn't wow! Have yeah. One. No, it, it, seriously, that was for adults. And I, you know, once in a while, you got to watch Ed Sullivan. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, well, there were all sorts of parenting styles back then. No, but and there's something. I wanted to say this because of your title, Thread for Pearls. It, the thing that came through to me when I was reading the book was pop beads, and I haven't thought about pop beads forever and a day. Now, do you know what I mean by I pop I know exactly beads? what you mean. You pop them together and make pearls of threads of them. Yes. It's so now, much fun. Well, yeah, and that's what I wore and because we didn't have a lot of money. So well, that's sort of were, the idea. These Each one of these little experiences we have is like a pearl, right? Yeah. And you pop them together and you create your your life story. But what I'm trying to say is that the thread is important because it's like the pop beads are transparent. And if, mm. you, and if you pop them together, let's say that they don't have pops together, but you have to put string through them. Mm-hmm. If that string is this ugly kind of woe mm. is me, everything happens to me, you know, there's people like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, right. Yeah, yeah. Debbie Downers. You know, mm-hmm. Debbie Downers or, mm-hmm. you know, just w- whatever. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make for a very beautiful pop bead necklace. But if you, no. if you have one that says, you know what, look what happened and I overcame it or I was able to become mm-hmm. a more generous-hearted person or at least now I understand people better or you can, do some, you can find some meaning from it. And and do something positive out of it, um, cool. you, you know. Create art from it, you know. Hmm. My and grandmother taught me, like with the pop beads, to put certain colors together. And at the end, one day, she said, "Look, your necklace is a rainbow." And somehow, oh. in your book, I was like, oh, "She's got the pop beads." Oh, oh wow! That's <laughs> the beautiful. rainbow. Yeah, and I was like, oh, and then one day she took them all apart. I was like, no, you ruined my rainbow. She goes, no, make another one. Make it different this time. You make your own rainbows. And so somehow my grandmother's in your book. Yeah, Nana. Well, the grandmothers are important in in this book because I think elders Mm. are important, and in our society we don't value them. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's, I feel that because, do you think maybe because, Everyone's living in different places. That I think that's there's part a disconnect, of and I and then I was, yeah, ahead. that's part of it. And we're such a youth-oriented and superficiality-oriented culture. We have to look a certain way and mm. be young yeah. and 
Botox are mm-hmm. are elderly lines away, even the smile lines, and and right. um, you know Not, we're losing the uh, the integrity of who we are as human beings. To me, it's like I'm watching the aging process. Like you know, something happens, <laughs> and you're like suddenly I'm in like the middle age thing, and I I still feel like I'm in my teens and twenties. You know, oh, I still feel like sudden, I'm two sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I do that. Exactly. I have temper tantrums like a three year old too at times. You know, yeah. and I'm like, look, and then I'll go, oh, that's happening, and then I go, oh well, embrace it, move on. You know, what are you gonna do next? You know, what what are you gonna achieve and accomplish? What are you gonna feel good about what makes you feel good. And I think coming to age stories are so important because it's, it's, there's always a story of someone overcoming something. And, and you're talking about hope, resilience. It's such a, Resilience mm. is one of my favorite words in the world. I know. It's, I think it's so good because mm. it's sort of like the idea of post-traumatic growth too mm. is another one of my favorite things. Mm. You can mm. go through trauma and everybody likes mm. to just dwell in the, oh, I went through that. But but if you can find the, the growth in it and the beauty mm. in it and the resilience from it, you know, it's sort There's of like you... always good that comes out of it's really bad things. In, it's in a some challenge. Way, something good can come out of it. Resilience it, is a good can. word because it's I not like always it. like, you can't always say, okay, the the bad thing was really bad and something really nice can happen on the other side, but that's the balance of the world, right? We always... We have to have the salt and the pepper. Well, the problem is with life is that nobody gets out of it alive, and we all suffer, right? So the question is, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to make it into something terrible? Are you going to make it into something? Are you going to use it and make it into something Mm. beautiful? Are you going to become? uh, What do you use this journey for? And I really love some of the, the, um, just. Like, for example, um, when Josh Pfeiffer in Brand New Shoes, he talks about it fitting like Brand New Shoes is perfect, I'd say, perfect Monday afternoon since here we are. But mm-hmm. fitting like a Brand New Shoes, this is having an attitude of beauty and joy. Like mm. like when he says everything is possible, you know, that that's a, that's a hopeful that's, song. That's a resilient and hopeful and happy song. I really liked listening to it. And so I'm really it, glad that you paired us together today. Because that's cool. It's yeah. cool that you guys are on the same show. And it's true because it's all about hope, resilience, and making something, you know, you, you can make that. It's about making that decision. How are you going to handle this? Are you going to, well, you know, cry and have your tanter, temper tantrum and stay in that zone? Or yep. you can you can have your emotion. You can have, you know, drama is drama and going through things. I know. And so you can have your pain, too. It's okay to have your pain. Everybody yeah, is you need a- to. allowed to have it's their pain it. and feel it fully. But and I think on. that artists, though, <laughs> artists have such power, and they have such a power mm. to help people find their way through it if they can have an honest and, you know, integrity-filled way of talking about mm. it and then move people forward and through it. That's mm. what an a author or a filmmaker or a podcast designer or musician, somebody, that's what we're called yeah. to do. That's why mm. they say artists feed the soul. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, it it does. I think it soothes. It awakens too. It awakens your mind. It the art has a way. Whether all genres, poetry, music, art, paintings, anything, sculpture, it all has a way. Sometimes you know, someone will say, "Oh, you need to look at this. You need to change your mind about this. You need to take on this attitude. You need to do. You you know, you need to. You need to." But a piece of art suddenly can open your mind to the mm-hmm. other side of some yeah. other way of thinking or another side of a, you know, I don't know, just thinking of it, putting, you know, wearing somebody else's shoes. 
art has this way of doing it without judging you. Right. You know, judging people doesn't receiver. really work. It never has worked, has it? No. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is interesting. What was it that led you? Because I know that you've written other books, um, but this is your debut novel. What was it that you said? Okay, I'm writing a novel. Like this is because you, you're a storyteller in film. Um, we can talk about Elfenworks too. Uh, this is you know amazing what you've done as well. Elfenworks Productions. Um, this is an interesting story with that too. You're pro-social business. I love that. It's a new <laughs> thing that people need to do now. It's, I think all companies need to embrace something other than the profit margin. <laughs> well, a long time ago, I decided to to, um, to do what I love, you know, and what made me happy. And that's what that's what makes me happy. And what makes me most happy is talking about and bringing about projects that foster hope and that bring more light and love and joy into people's lives. So I've got a couple, we've got some albums that are there to try to soothe, soothing music, that kind of thing. And, and, um, we just do what we love and mm. we hope the rest will follow. <laughs> and, uh, this is one of those, one of those things. Oh, okay. And, so, yeah. Thread for pearls. You're like, okay, I'm going to do it in a different outlet now. I'm going to go. I'm going to try a novel. I'm going to try a novel. Um, there was a time about, I think it was three or four years ago now. It could be a little bit longer because I've been writing this book for a long time. It took me a mm. long time. Um, and there was a lot of research involved because I wanted it to be historically accurate. Authentic, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was a time when there were um, there was a high school here that had a bout of suicides and they were copycatting each other mm-hmm. and it was almost like a oh, contagion. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. just got me really, really thoughtful about resilience and whether mm. it could be taught. And I remember reading Dune at that age and oh, learning oh, yeah. about fear being mm. a mind killer and Wadib mm. and all this and, and how just even a fictional character, a very fictional character, could um, could be so uh, mm. so powerfully influential on me. And maybe I could write something that might help. So my my primary audience, as I began, was perhaps high school level students and then I realized as I was writing it well maybe it's people my age and then I don't I don't know who my audience is I hope it's I hope it's someone oh I think I you know like I said I I saw three people mm-hmm. in almost every character so for me it I think it's going to appeal to um several people on different levels so I think that a teenager would read this Mm-hmm. And and oh, that's all about me. And then a mother would read it and go, "Oh wow, that that's kind of like me family. and my daughter or my son." And then a grandmother would read it and go, "Oh yeah, I saw all that happen." Yeah, but, but this <laughs> is what I said about this family book night mm-hmm. thing, like a, a family book club. I would mm-hmm. love to see that happen. Where, you know, we have technology now that you know obviously gets used in in the wrong ways. And there's ways to use it in the positive ways. And, you know, having this conversation right. is one of those positive ways, you know. And, and what you're doing with your podcasts and, mm-hmm. and films and, you know, everything you're doing at Elfenworks, um, I look at it as, like, I want to see a book like this because this impacted Nancy. And then, you know, she's mm-hmm. telling me stories to, you know, because they were connecting mm-hmm. us as wow. a mother-daughter of things that, you know, we both have been through. And, um, or, you know, I've been through and she goes, oh, I get this over here. I read this, you know, check this out, you know. Um, I would love to see 
this I don't know. I I have this thing now. It's a new thing. I have a new thing. I want a fam. Uh-huh. People have family movie nights, but what if they just across the board, all the family read the same book, what like the entire family across the country around the world read the same book. That'd be and cool. They got together through Skype, Zoom, mm-hmm. whatever, FaceTime, all and that stuff, about it. and had a family book Discussion. meeting once a month, once a year, whatever it is. And the whole family comes in on that. Like, wouldn't that be like this amazing unifier? Like, and it's through re- a, a book, a but, real book. I want the hard book, everybody. But you, would wow. <laughs> you would But you out. can do Kindles no, if you want. But you would find out. I mean, there's, okay, like we have a holiday seasons coming up, and everybody gets together and they eat and they do all that stuff, right? That's cool. Honestly, it is. But then if you were talking about a novel or you're discussing a movie or we discuss different musicians, we do this all the time. On Friday we do our music night, and we don't always like each other's choices, but we can say, well, did you know this about this person? Did you know that about that person? And in that little communication there lies where you learn what you thought or think you already knew about the other person. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's the only way to really learn about people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? You're and making a very good point. So and can you start a book club now? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know where to begin. But I um, but I like the idea. And I'm glad that we launched on National Read a Book Day, uh, which yeah. which we did on purpose. And I'm glad cool. that PBS has this whole sort of trying to get America yes. to read novels, Isn't which is awesome? great for me. I mean, go read novels. You, we want to see you on there. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, no, no. I'm sure they, they oh. everybody already voted. But um, but I think it's great that they want people reading novels because that can only help. If people start being interested in reading novels, then mine's mm-hmm. a novel too. Yeah. Well, and I've got it's, to ask, you know, yeah. since you're in the world of film, would you ever – Take your novel. Would you take, yeah, Thread for Pearls into a movie? You know, I think it has potential, but I've never done. I'm only a documentarian. I don't think Mm -hmm. that that's my forte. So I think that I would have to work with somebody whose forte it is. Um, Hmm. But I don't think I'd be close Hmm. to that. I I would have to, you know, uh, there's some fabulous directors documentary style. You could. No, I I I don't think it would. I think it would need to be. It would need to be true to the to the to the historical fiction that it is, but mm-hmm. um, and I know that there are so many fabulous directors out there. Um, I'm sure that there's somebody who who might read it and mm-hmm. say, "Gosh, this is for me." Um, who knows? Mm-hmm. I'm open. Mm-hmm. So, if that were to happen, who would you pick as Fiona as an actor actress who act to just who would you pick for That's the people in such a good question um who would you pick yeah Nancy. gosh you know i'm so old i'm going to pick an old person think... and make them young enough yeah. to play the part um no they have to start you'd have to have a couple of actors right because yeah you're right yeah you yeah. have to have, one. have somebody yeah, so, quite young I mean, uh, looking at a really Who young would be Fiona? okay Miley Cyrus oh yeah okay she, she's sure. transformative mhm and she's got that gumption mhm i would pick Miley Cyrus wow 
Isn't that weird? And Meryl Streep. As Meryl Streep can, can play anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She can, she can do anything. anything she wants. She can. Yeah. Can she run for president? <laughs> that would be awesome. I think she could play Hannah. Mm. But that's good. You know, that's a or this is a couple of the stars from the Big Bang Theory would be nice for a couple of uh, oh, characters too. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? Hey, who, I, you, I, they'd have is, somebody who's very, very interested in the part. But I think that the director, whoever the director is, would probably, you know, you know, have to have their own thoughts about casting as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I, what was interesting, what Nancy told me about, you know, you know, like I was saying, she keeps like, hey, this is what happened today. Mm. You know, this is what wine time is here. Mm. Uh, Nancy tells me everything that she's reading, <laughs> if she likes it. And, uh, but she was talking about how Fiona, you know, traveled so much, you know, it was like, you know, and, and that's something that really I identify with. I went to 16 different schools <laughs> and Oopsie. in different wow. countries. Yeah, South <laughs> Africa, England. Kenya and America, and then we and wow. in other countries too, but it, it it we went through a lot of change and it taught and resiliency I think is that because when you're a new kid and and mm. it probably turns out to be one of the most important life lessons to me was about being the new kid on the block, mm-hmm. uh, not really quoting the band, but uh, going in you're the new kid for the first day. Everybody's like curious, and you kind of feel like, oh, everybody likes me. And then you learn later, like, no, they're just curious. You're the new right. thing that nobody's seen. They're right. bored. You're new. And then, like, three days later, okay, we don't care about you. And now, like, now you stink. You've been here for three days. You know, <laughs> you know they say that about house guests. You've been there for three days. You start to smell, you know. Like fish, um, right? And that's what happens. And then you smell like the rest of them. And then, you know, you now have to build your character from there um, right. with how, how, you know, how you're going to deal with all these different people. And you're sussing them up. They're sussing you up. And... Mm. It's really interesting, and I think that is something very cool that you put Fiona into going through so many different experiences and places because I think a lot of kids are going through that right now, actually. I think they're moving around a lot in a lot of different I, ways. I think that you're right, and mm. and that they have – it's difficult right now because – the futures that used to be promised if you joined a big company and just moved with mm. them, those aren't there anymore. It's it's really mm. piecework, and it's very different right now for people who are coming out of colleges with great debt, great college debt. Mm. There's, there's, there's no GI yeah. bill that's helping them through very many of them, and so they're graduating in debt. Um, mm-hmm. mm. Yeah. To, I, that's so to, just very different. It's a different world in some ways, and so... Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it's interesting I'm, that you I'm, chose "Hurdy Gurdy Man" for a song because, you know, there's a there's a quote in there that's just so true. Histories of ages past, unenlightened shadows cast down through all eternity the crying of humanity, and that's that's when the hurdy gurdy man comes singing songs of love, and so mm. it just goes back to, we sing songs of love to each other, we give each other hope, we we lift each other up with our books, with mm. our music, with, you know. Just mm-hmm. everyday, everyday actions, mm. small and big. And so I, I, I think um, one of the questions people like to ask me is, like, what's my favorite moment in the book? And I have this one little moment where there's a, there's a medical doctor who um, 
sort of changes Fiona's life a little bit by saying some things to her that no one's ever really said to her. Um, and it's like you just never know somebody you might meet what your effect might be on them, just your few words, right? Mm. And I like to make that point. You can really mm. you can really change somebody's direction even. Just um, just even in a smile, one exactly. smile. One smile can change just even some. Oh, that goes right back to the song, the uh, the brand new shoes song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it does. Right? When you smile, just, when you smile my way, everything is possible. Mm-hmm. Just even the actual have interest in somebody else besides yourself in your life at the moment. Yeah, you know that that little bit extra. Yeah. You know, and I think we get we get closed off. Uh, don't don't do that. Don't do that. It's not safe. Don't go there. Don't do this. And you know, it, it's like, are you being sensible? Mm-hmm. I hate that word. Sensible. Well, there's that, and then there's the the sort of like the assuming that everybody's awful um, instead yeah. of assuming that look, this person. Generally, my assumption is they're doing the best they can. And if that's the best they can, that's pretty. Sometimes that's pretty miserable. But wonder what it was that got them there. You know, exactly. must have been pretty bad. Mm. Something must have really happened to close mm. them off in such a way. Also, you know, because I know the book was also part of uh, Fiona going through living in a commune mm-hmm. and and seeing things like ashrams and things like that. So there's all these. It, it, oh yeah, people. casualties yeah. of the human potential movement and everything else. <laughs> Oh my gosh! But we're still in that. Yes, yes. It's a living warning to people. Things, some things to watch out for that exist right now. Mm-hmm. It, there's got to be something where. Well, I like that because it's still the this coming of age, and I think you could be any age and come of age. It could be you could oh, be in your seventies and now like I need to you know, change direction or. Thought patterns. Who am I now? You know. Right. Well, you're talking about change. If yeah, we we change as human beings. We grow. We learn. Things change in our world. And if you're not awake to it, and I think this mm-hmm. is what the whole thing, this whole conversation is, and and your book, you're talking about, you know, it's resiliency, it's hope, and it's about making that mental. You have to think about what you're doing, what you're saying to people, how you're reacting. Mm-hmm. What are you doing for you? There's, it's about being conscious at yeah. the end of it. Right. And I think that you are right about you can grow at any age. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, there was a guy named Maslow who had this hierarchy of needs. And if you were still at survival, you couldn't really get up all the way to self-actualization because you were just trying to survive. And there mm-hmm. were some times when Fiona in this book is just trying mm-hmm. to survive. And it only is t- sort of towards later in the book where she's able to, to really have any sort of personal growth um, and, and mm-hmm. to look back and reflect. Because um, sometimes when things are really bad, you can force a smile because you have to, you can't look. It's too hard to look. You have mm-hmm. to, um, you have to smile like the mm-hmm. Charlie Chaplin small, uh, song. Oh, um, yeah. You have to smile because that's what gets you through. Mm. And and then you can still deal with it later. You have to know where your strengths lie. You have to allow yourself to breathe so you can, you know, pick your battles and but, do what you need to but do. But you, you don't mm-hmm. get to do any of that mm. unless a challenge is proposed to you. Mm. That's so, true, too. 
yeah, when whenever whether it's good or bad, mm-hmm. when something happens in your life, that's a challenge and it's how you handle it and you don't get to know yourself until a challenge comes by. Man, I can't wait you to don't read grow this without one. rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, flowers don't grow without rain, right? Right, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. But they will, they'll even grow through cracks in the road, and they'll they'll grow through things. But they and need huge that rain. And mountains, and they're yes. like, I'm coming through. I know, it's amazing. But <laughs> Lauren, <laughs> Lauren, uh, and that's resilience. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, before you go, I mean, I could talk to you forever, mm. and I want to read your book and talk to you again. <laughs> this is like so well, cool. Well, thank you. Um, I want to know. You pick a song from your playlist, mm. okay? A and song? I want to okay. know. You're gonna play with two or three other musicians you're going to perform that song okay so what are you playing are you going to sing are you going to play an instrument what are you going to, yeah what song what are you playing and who are you going to perform with they can be alive or passed on it could be the original people who you know wrote or sang it or played it and where are you going to perform it Ooh. that's a question um, those are a lot of questions for me <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, think uh, of the song first. Think of the song first that you would like to play in, like you want to perform that from your playlist. Uh, gosh, there are songs that I – I'm a musician, so I have performed a lot of these songs. Okay. I I played Fire and Rain at my father's funeral. Oh. Um, so um, just as an example. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm trying to bring Thread for Pearls up, and it's not wanting to come up for me. But um, – well, that's the way, you know, the technology does it. You've got, okay, so what if you played Rock Lobster? <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to it. Who would you, what would you play? Oh, so funny. oh, you got Higher Ground, too, and that's like one of my favorite of all time. I love Higher Ground. I love Stevie Wonder. I would never dare play Stevie Wonder. I would leave but that to Rock too, Lobster, uh, come on, that's fun. Come on. It's, of fun. course it's fun. It's, I'd probably choose the, one of the Grateful Dead songs. I've played some of those. I'd choose one of the James Taylor songs, something that's within my pos- range of possibilities. I chose mm-hmm. a lot of songs that uh, um, I, I would. And what do you play? What do you play? Well, I was a classically, tra- I'm a classically trained violinist. I used to be in the mm-hmm. first violin section of the Peninsula Symphony. I made Ooh, Fiona cool. learn uh, to play viola as I a know. high schooler because viola gets picked on mm. unfairly. Viola is a difficult instrument, and it's an inside voice. It has to do the harmonies, which are kind mm. of more difficult in a way than just singing along a little melody the way that we first violins play. Um, so, hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, Grateful Dead or James Taylor is, is I there. I think so. That's yeah. I wouldn't. I don't want to do a Beatles cover. I I I get upset at Beatles covers unless it's for somebody really, really, really. Yeah. And so. and <laughs> any musicians you want to play with? Oh my gosh! A concert because now it's a full concert. <laughs> yeah. I want to. Well, go. gosh. Um, I I I'd, I'd play with James Taylor <laughs> and and. Uh, Why not? Uh, why not? And and Paul McCartney too, Sir Paul. Oh, sure. Yeah, and and, and oh, James Taylor was just I'm there for Joni Mitchell's seventy fifth birthday. Man, I love wow. of them. She's so cool too. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but just like yeah, that's cool. Mm. Cool. Yeah. So you got James Taylor. That's good. Paul McCartney. Anybody else? And, well, um, hold on. Let's see. I mean, are you really asking me? Like, yeah, anyone? I mean, 
gosh. We can, anyone. Mm-hmm. You can have anyone. The world is at your fingertips. The Anything world can is happen. my oyster? Yeah. How about, well, because well, that's how I'll you play with Josh pearl. Pfeiffer, too, because, okay, you know. Okay, Josh, oh, of course. Can <laughs> sing. That's right. Josh can come and sing. I like it. I like it. And, I like it. Um, some of my friends from L.A., uh, Allison Lewis and, and Josh Workman, and um, my whole band, my Commodore Callahan band, Don Kane, my cool. bassist, and oh, I don't know. We could put a great thing together. No wonder. We have to do it for a cause. It would have to be for a cause. So we'd have to do it for climate change or, you know, something important that's going on right now that we care about. Maybe the the park systems, art in the park. Oh, I like that because they need it because their money is about to get chopped again. So so this is it. I love this. So basically now we have two new things. We have book club for families and a Mm. concert for climate change and national parks. I like this. <laughs> Look how much we've accomplished in one show. Fantastic. Hey, let's invite Carol King, too, while we're at oh, it. Oh, yes. Oh, we have to have Carol. And Are you kidding me? And Baez and... Uh... Oh, no, she's just oh, inviting the whole... We're going to have a festival now. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Joan Baez has to be there, too. You know, she, she's, she's my favorite. Oh, my gosh. Can we get the talking heads? They're not still together, are Oh, they? I love the talking heads. Cool. You know, one of, one of our uh, writer friends interviewed them. Um, back in Colorado, Mark Stevens, an awesome uh, novelist as well. And he's like, yeah, when back in my day I, I interviewed the talking heads on the show, and I was like, okay, Dude. I don't like you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like so jealous because the talking oh, heads well. are one of the craziest bands ever. They are. They're awesome to watch. I mean, they're just like David David Byrne. Come on, man. Yeah, And he did exactly. movies too. If he's we could just get him. And he's and let's just yeah. get him. We'll get Mick Jagger. We'll just, you know, just get everybody on. Wow. Room. How about that? Just, like just get them all. Oh, yeah. we'll just have a big Jackson festival. Brown. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And Alice Cooper. We had we had his guitarist on our show. We can bring him. <laughs> we can get him. <laughs> You're the one. You mentioned Tower of Power. Why not? Why don't you just bring everybody? We'll just have it. Okay. It'll be fantastic. It'll just be a a world of music. I love awesome. it. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us, Lauren. It's been a real treat having you on the show. I can't wait to read your book. I know Nancy's told me about it, but I'm going to have to give it a week now. But I will be in it soon. Everybody, it's Thread for Pearls, A Story of Resilient Hope. It's on Amazon, all those great places. But I would say go to the author's website because you want to check her playlist out, too. It's threadforpearls.com. And you can also keep up with Lauren on her uh, Twitter and Facebook as well. And uh, we want to thank the National Parks Arts Foundation for sponsoring this segment. You can keep up with them at nationalparksartsfoundation.org. And here it is. We're going to play Hurdy Gurdy Man, and we'll get Josh on in a second, but Hurdy Gurdy Man first. Uh, And this is from Raspin Stewart, and you can go to raspin.com, R-A-S-P-I-N, and this is one of his latest singles, and he's about to release his new album, New York to L.A. Um, He's got an Indiegogo campaign going on right now. It's 72% funded. So Go. check him out at respin.com, and he's cool. So here it is, Hurdy Gurdy Man. Thanks, Lauren. You take care. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. 